Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, more money for more projects from the TMF and the Census Bureau's cloud migration in full swing. It's Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast. Every afternoon, you'll learn what's going on today in government. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. Here's what's happening now. The Air Force has some cybersecurity problems to fix in short order, according to the Defense Department Office of Inspector General. The IG office found vulnerabilities stayed on the Air Force network longer than policy allows. Some of those problems that should have been fixed within 30 days were still there more than four months later. You can read more about that story and lots of other news at fedscoop.com. Salesforce is the connected platform that powers government health services. Salesforce helps public entities engage with their health constituents on a single intelligent platform to improve care outcomes from anywhere. Learn more at sfdc.co slash psh. Three new projects are getting money from the Technology Modernization Fund. The Office of Personnel Management, the Federal Housing Administration, and the U.S. Army are the recipients of the new awards. Tony Scott's Chief Executive Officer of Intrusion. He's former Chief Information Officer of the United States. Tony, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. The Army's the one that jumps out at me. Um, Before we went on the air, I mentioned to you, this is the first project that I saw on the TMF list that went to someone in some organization inside the Defense Department. Is that as significant as it Seems to be in my mind, Tony. Welcome. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I think I think it is significant. Um, you know, the TMF never excluded DOD, um, so it was always a possibility. But I think what it really speaks to is, you know, there's organizations across the entirety of the government that have needs that are not currently being met by. Uh, you know, existing funding and uh, authorizations and appropriation mechanisms. Um, you know, the big projects tend to get all the news and get all the attention. But there's, uh, as we knew, unmet needs across the entirety of the government. And some of these important ones, like what uh, this TMF award to DOD is, I, I, th- I think represent critical needs that just shouldn't be left unaddressed. And this one involves the supply chain, um, uh, you know, that feeds the U.S. Army and a lot of the security aspects of, uh, of, of the Army's supply chain. So I think it's a great project, and I, and I hope to see, uh, you know, that one succeed as well. The other two, uh, an, an identity credential access management modernization program at HUD and a modernization at OPM.gov weren't surprises to me as much because they fit with the nature of what Claire Martirana said these projects would be going to. Um, here's the another number that I thought was interesting, and, and Claire and Raylene talked about this last time they were on the show. Um, 150, more than 150 proposals from 70 agencies and components representing over $2.8 billion in funding demand. That's a lot more money that agencies need than they have, than, than the TMF fund has available to distribute. What does that say to you about what we're doing through the normal funding channels in order to get money to agencies that have these needs that you've just described? Well, I, I think, 
a couple of things stand out to me, uh, Francis. One is, you know, we originally estimated that the fund should be three billion at a minimum to to do these projects, and um, and I think that number actually is low given what I know today. <laughs> Um, but I also, uh, I think there's been good progress in terms of recognizing what the needs are and uh, with some successes, I, I hope to see this fund grow. But the other reality here is that um, there's, a, there's something broken in the way we're, you know, authorizing and, and funding projects in the federal government. And I think there's going to need to be some soul searching uh, go on in terms of you know prioritizing and and, and funding projects um, because anywhere there's a hole anywhere there's an unmet need there's a you know a problem that, that needs to be addressed um, so I, I do love certain aspects I love the competition uh, I think it's improved the um, applicants ability to write business good business cases and and make a, a justification for uh, some of the funding that they need and and this practice this re rehearsal of doing it and getting good at building business cases i think is is overall good um, in terms of the federal government and hopefully that in turn uh, improves agencies abilities to speak to the appropriators and the authorizers um, over time. So I think there's side benefits to this that go beyond just the actual completion of, of some of these projects. You said a moment ago, Tony, with successes, you hope to see the fund grow. Does the definition of success for a TMF project look the same today in 2022 as it did in 15 and 16 when you and your colleagues were envisioning this program at the beginning? You know, I think it's evolved. Um, there's a couple of things that, you know, you always learn once you get out in the field and experience reality. Um, you know, I was hopeful that some of the payback stuff would, uh, you know, get more traction than uh, it has, but the, you know, life goes on and, and you got to learn and and uh, grow and adapt to the circumstances you find yourselves in. So overall, I would declare everything I've seen so far a pretty good success. And, you know, I hope it continues to be. Because when we had those conversations originally, it wasn't you, not you and I, but when the community talked about these things originally, one of the big measures of success was going to be the ability to pay the money back. And that dynamic is one that it seems to me has definitely changed in the five or six, seven years. Yeah. And, you know, again, it reflects, I think, the reality of, of where we are. Uh, my hope is that, you know, as we get better at building these business cases and, um, you know, get more discipline in the process that you know, at least some of the projects will show you know, material uh, ability to to pay back the fund and continue to allow it to fund the next set of uh, projects and so on. But um, you know, time will tell on that on that one. I don't lose sleep over it. So here's an item that has struck me that hasn't happened yet. 
Uh, the OPM investment, $6 million. The HUD project, $14.8 million. Um, the DOD one, also not a, a, as big as I think some people expected. I think at some point in time we were thinking, would one come along that's $50, $60, 100000000 million that really potentially is a moves a big rock inside some agency, especially when the American Rescue Plan money came in. And we haven't seen that yet. Any thoughts about why that hasn't happened or does it not really matter if the business cases for the ones that we've seen have been effective, have, have been convincing? Well, I think the big projects are going to get attention um, anyhow. And so I think what you're seeing here is really some of the you know, unmet needs that are still critical uh, to the agency. And, and the other thing that I realized, you know, when I was in the role is even in the big agencies like DOD or any of the other big uh, agencies on the civilian side, they're pretty siloed, um, you know, and there's still a collection of people, um, you know, who are part of a bigger organization, but, uh, you know, the authorities are still pretty, you know, fractionalized and, and the needs are sometimes a little hard to get floated all the way to the top where where the big money is. So in, in many ways, this doesn't surprise me. Um, I would like to see one of those game changers come along. And we may get there yet. But um, uh, it, what I see so far doesn't surprise me a whole lot. What uh, do you expect to see? in the next maybe six to 12 months, what same types of projects that we're seeing now, same trajectory that we're seeing now, or do you see the potential for this to shift in some way, Tony? Well, I think it'll shift with, um, you know, the priorities right now, the focus, uh, uh, you know, I think is appropriate. Uh, you know, you're seeing modernization, you're seeing better user experience. Um, you're seeing, cybersecurity, you know, related uh, projects. And, you know, those are certainly among the top, you know, priorities, you know, for the administration. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I do think that as economic uh, issues uh, surface, you might see some projects that are more focused on, um, you know, helping solve some of the you know, economic and uh, labor supply and other kinds of things. But, um, you know, we'll see. It's there, There's a little lag that occurs, obviously, in, in these things. And, and uh, you know, it's a reflection of where we are at any given point in time. Tony Scott, great to talk to you as always. Thanks very much. Hey, good to talk with you, Francis. Take care. You can read more about the latest TMF awards in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. I'm Francis Rose, the host of the Daily Scoop Podcast. Salesforce brings the public sector and customers together in the digital age. To access the new Veteran Mental Health and Resiliency Resources module, go to trailhead.salesforce.com. A new request for information from the Census Bureau lays out the next steps it plans to take in the cloud. The RFI calls it the Census Acceleration to Secure Cloud. Kenny Harrison is Telecommunications Office Division Chief at Census. He explains how the cloud's laying the groundwork for its network improvement. One of the things we're, we're moving away from the legacy hub and spoke uh, 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 networks where we have 
you know, you have your remote offices connecting to a central place. We want to move away from that uh, to give give our uh, our offices uh, the best path to get to the cloud and, and to be able to use those services securely. So that's that's one of the things. And then, and then there's a couple other things there too. Uh, we want to do site site independent. We want sites to be independent. So if there's an outage in the in the core, guess what? They can still operate. We want to give, like I say, give them direct access to the cloud. Uh, we also want to uh, move towards a zero trust network access model. So those are those are some of the things that we're we we we're changing as we continue to adopt uh, cloud cloud capabilities. What are the building blocks, Kenny, that you need to be able to get to that regard, especially regarding performance and scalability of your network? What are you setting as your priorities for, say, the next year? Yeah, so it's getting those core services to the cloud. And those core services are things like uh, domain name service, uh, authentication services. If those, if those things are not uh, uh, in the cloud, guess what? And we're still relying on on-premise. We're going to be in big trouble. So we want to get those things in the cloud, and that, and you know, I see us having those things available in the next next year or so. And then also, also one of the big things um, uh, we've been so used to backhauling traffic. So a lot of us still use the tick uh, 2.0 capabilities or 2.2 capabilities, and we bring bring traffic in through the front door and send it back out to the cloud. We want to eliminate that backhaul, and we want to get folks right to the front door of the cloud so that they can we can give them the best possible performance and uh, uh, a scale when we need it. Everybody's trying to think about how to do, well, I hate the term more with less, but people are very conscious about where their budgets are coming from. How do you and your peers at Census assess uh, cost versus value when you're making decisions like the ones you just talked about, Kenny? Yeah, so... We've I've I've tried to do a little something different and really uh, cost avoid right. So some of the things that we we're looking at the more expensive uh, transport methods uh, like MPLS is a little bit more expensive and and being able to use uh, uh, I'm not going to call it cheap but less expensive services um, uh, less expensive internet services and then then cost avoid and take that take that cost we were spending on MPLS and move it to uh, uh, funding um, others, other services that we need to, to support. But as far as uh, value, I think that's big on um, when it comes to the cloud and being able to look at it. For example, DNS, if that's down, we're in trouble. Uh, so we wanna, that's, it's valuable to have that in a cloud and have that uh, resiliency with that service, right? Uh, but then it, there's, a, there's some cases where costs may be a little bit more expensive, you know, maybe putting VoIP in the cloud or contact center services in the cloud may be a little bit more expensive. So we would probably uh, keep those uh, on premise uh, uh, for now in the future until thing, the cost is reduced. So you mentioned zero trust, and I imagine that's one important component of ensuring security in your network. Is that the biggest one? And what are the others if there are others? So one of the biggest things is protecting the privacy of the American people. And when we collect information, we want the American people to know that we're, we, we treat their information with the highest of confidentiality. And so we're, we're, we're doing things uh, as it relates to 
you know, zero trust and implementing those capabilities, but also enhancing our visibility, uh, moving security closer to the data, and uh, given given you know really really our goal is to protect that data and 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 that's what that's what everybody at Census Bureau is sworn to do. So that's what that's what we're going to do from a networking perspective. What about the acquisition of getting all of this stuff? Are, are there steps that you and your team have been able to take uh, in conjunction with your acquisition folks to try to speed up the way that you're procuring these these things that you need? Yes, absolutely. So from a Department of Commerce perspective. We have several blanket purchase agreements in place that we can quickly get access to these services and capabilities. Uh, we also leverage uh, the Enterprise Infrastructure Solutions uh, contract that's uh, supported by GSA, has a ton of uh, modern solutions that we can get access to. But uh, the things that are not in those, uh, that don't fall into those uh, two contracts, we do, uh, we, we're streamlining the process so that we get uh, we can get access to services quickly, um, uh, and when I say streamlining, I mean uh, having getting everybody up front, having all the requirements in place, uh, consolidating um, some of the services we have internally into one major contract. So those are the things that we're doing to to get access to these services quickly. Are you hitting any pain points with technology partners, Kenny? Uh, no, actually, well, let me take this back. Please forgive me on this. So since COVID, the one biggest pain point is supply chain. And we have some we, we have some challenges with getting uh, some of the hardware we need uh, for, for some of the on-premise services we have. But that's been the biggest point is the supply chain. But other than that, all of the cloud providers have been very uh, uh, helpful in wanting us to help us help us get to the cloud and to move away from uh, the on-premise services we have. Kenny Harrison of the Census Bureau. You can find a link to watch the video of that entire conversation in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop Podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you don't want to miss a show, you can subscribe and get the show every weekday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows, and on any device you get your shows. And if you really like the Daily Scoop Podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It'll help more people find the show. The Daily Scoop Podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher helped me put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Daily Scoop Podcast returns tomorrow. Until then, I'm Francis Rose. Thanks for listening.